Hi, welcome to Tablet of Mohart Podcast. This is Beth Jones, your hostess, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Today's show is one of my favorite topics. It's on your life purpose, and we're going to be talking about your purpose and also about Sarah, the wife of Abraham. This show is called Sarah's Laughter, Moving from Your Pain to Your Purpose. While you're online, be sure to check out my website at www.betjones.net, and there you'll find my articles, blogs, podcasts, products, and services to help you with the three P's, prayer, purpose, and passion. I love encouraging women to fulfill their great destiny through daily intimacy with Jesus, using their gifts, their talents, and their skills for His glory. So be sure to sign up for both my easing and my update lists on the right sidebar of my website. Also, right now, I'm in the process of writing a book on women in spiritual warfare. This is my latest thing, and I am so excited about this. Things are rolling with it, and it should be ready really soon. I'm hoping within the next couple weeks to get that out. Those who are on my update list will receive a special 25% discount for this ebook. They will get the download before anyone else even sees it. So be sure, if you're not already signed up, to sign up for my update list today at BethJones.net. They're on the right sidebar in the opt-in. It's just under the little red pencil, and it says Best Updates. Well, I want to go ahead and get started now with our podcast, so let me dedicate this time to God in prayer. God, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for the spring rain here today in Missouri, that you're watering the flowers, you're watering the earth. God, we know the rain is a sign of your blessing and your goodness, that rain is very uh, precious to us, God. It's just a gift from you. So, God, I just thank you for that, and God, I pray also for the rain of your spirit, your anointing upon me, God, that you would... Uh, bless this podcast, God, that you would encourage the listeners, that you would give us, God, the food that we need for today. God, your word, your words of life that we need. God, I just ask that you would bless us and bless all of the listeners and be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today's podcast is Sarah's Laughter, Moving from Your Pain to Purpose. And if you were brought up in church or even if you became a Christian as an adult, you've probably heard the story of Abraham quite a bit. Abraham is one of the spiritual giants in the Bible and is listed in the Hebrews Hall of Faith. We don't hear a lot of stories about his wife, Sarah, though, and I want to primarily focus on her today for our time together. I am going to be sharing some things about Abraham, but I want our focus to be on Sarah. We can find out about Sarah starting in Genesis 11, verses 29 to 30, and this is coming from the Message Bible. I'm using that version today. Abraham's name was initially Abram, and Sarah's name was originally Sarai, which meant argumentative. Now, her name changed to Sarah, which means to rule, to reign, to govern, and my princess. Her name change indicates a step from a local to a global aspect or from a specific to a general, and that's very important, as you'll find out later why that's significant. But it says in Genesis eleven twenty nine to 30 in the message, this is a story of Terah. Terah had Abram, Naor, and Haran. 
Haran had Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in the country of his family Ur of the Chaldees. Abram and Naor each got married. Abram's wife was Sarai. Naor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of his brother Haran. Haran had two daughters, Milcah and Iscah. Sarai was barren. She had no children, and that part is very important. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, and Sarah, his da- Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and set out with them from Ur of the Chaldees for the land of Canaan. But when they got as far as Haran, they settled down there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Now, if you notice here, Terah, who was Abram's father, moved his family, and he was going to Canaan, which is the promised land, the land of the milk and the land of milk and honey. But he didn't continue until he got there. Instead, Terah settled in Haran. And I want to challenge you and me today. Are we settling for something else instead of all that God is wanting to give us? Are we standing in faith for God's blessings that he has promised us? The name Haran, according to Easton's Bible Dictionary, is from the Hebrew word Haran, which means parched, or the Akkadian word Karana, which means a road. So, dear friend, are you parched and thirsty? Are you empty? Well, maybe it's because you are settling instead of going for all that God has for you, all his promises which Jesus died on the cross to give you. Instead of you fulfilling your life purpose, you're settling and taking it easy. So, which road are you on? Are you on the road, the path that God desires for you? Are you going your own way, doing your own thing? Abram and Sarai didn't stay there after Abram's father Terah died there in Haran. In chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, we read how Abram received the word of the Lord and God's great promise to him. God told Abram, Leave your country, your family, and your father's home for a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation and bless you. I'll make you famous. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I'll curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And one thing I want to say about this verse is, if you think God is through with Israel, think again, because this is God's promise that he was going to bless Abraham, bless his seed, all his descendants, bless Israel. Those who bless Israel and the Jews will be blessed, and those who curse Israel will be cursed. And that is why it's so important that we stand with Israel, that we pray for Israel and the Jews, that we bless them, and that we pray for our president and our leaders to remain Israel's closest friend. And that was just kind of an aside right now. But when we read this, when we read this verse, we often gloss over just how hard it must have been for Abram and Sarai and their family. Abram tells Sarai that he has a war from God. Now just imagine this, if this is your husband. Tells her to pack everything up and just go. He doesn't even know where they're going. God will show him along the way. And can you imagine what Sarai must have thought and how she must have felt when her husband told her this? She must have been a woman of very strong faith to agree to do this. They had to leave everything they had, everyone they loved, her family their friends, their neighbors, their security, the security of their life there. 
they were probably established there they may you know they were with their friends the bible commends not only abraham but also his wife sarah as a person of great faith in hebrews 11:11 11, 11. she also had to trust that somehow some way her husband was hearing right and just wasn't off his rocker can you imagine your husband coming up to you and saying honey God talked to me today I was praying and God spoke to my heart and he told me we need to sell the house we need to get a u-haul and we need to just start driving our car in faith and God will show, show us where we're going to live we're gonna he's gonna show us what house to get he's gonna show us exactly what we're going to do while we're driving yours and my response might have been yeah right you need to go back and listen to God again it took a lot of faith and trust for Sarai to do this but if she had refused to go she probably would have missed her destiny God knew what kind of woman she was when he spoke the blessing and the promise to Abram she would become the mother to not just one child but to the nations God knew that Sarai was a woman of faith Abram and Sarai obeyed and took Abram's nephew Lot with them. Now, Abram was not a young man when this happened. He was 75 years old. He was no spring chicken. The Bible says in Genesis 12:6-9 that they left and they went to Canaan and they arrived safe and sound. So they got there okay. And when they passed through Shechem and the Oak of Moriah, God appeared to Abraham and told him that he would give this land to his children. And notice that it's plural. Abram built an altar at the place God appeared to him and then he went on to Bethel building an altar there and praying and moving steadily south to the Negev. All throughout these scriptures you see Abram and the other patriarchs building altars to God praying just building a memorial to him where they had prayed where they had heard God's word. We need to remember this. We need to have those memorials in our lives too. Um, remembering how God has spoken to us, remembering his promises to us, not forgetting God's promises because they are true. God is good on his word to us. He means what he says. With this entire time, Sarai was with Abraham and she was going along with the plan, you know, trying, trying to be a good wife, trying not to complain. But her name Sarai meant argumentative. So that probably was pretty hard not to argue or complain with a husband who didn't even know where he was going or what God wanted him to do. Have you ever been there? Have you ever, has your husband ever been in a place where he just didn't know what God wanted him to do? He didn't know where he was going. He was without any direction. He was clueless. Sometimes our men get like that, and we need to pray that they will hear God's word clearly, hear his voice clearly. Well, a famine hit the land at this time. Oh, great. Now we've got a famine. You can imagine <laughs> Sarai's mood now. Great. Now there's no food. It's like, you know, when you run out of groceries. So Abram went down to Egypt. Now here is where, where Abram's fear starts kicking in. And he tells Sarai she needs to lie so the Egyptians wouldn't kill him because she was such a beautiful woman. He tells her to lie that she is Abram's sister. So she does what he says. She lies that she's his sister. And Pharaoh, and then, then this is what happens. Pharaoh takes Sarai to live in the palace with them. And because of her, Abram got wealth. He accumulated sheep and cattle, donkeys, servants, camels, 
it was rolling in and then god hit pharaoh and everyone in the palace with sickness why because sarai belonged to abram it was wrong for for him to have her pharaoh found out the truth and confronted abram and then he sent them on he said just leave the country i'm done get out of here so they did but i've always thought this part was interesting because of sarai because of her beauty abram was blessed by god and i don't think it was just her physical beauty i believe it was because of her beautiful humble obedient heart she did what god said through her husband and as a result their household was blessed even with great wealth sarai knew that to walk in the purposes that god had for her she needed to submit herself to god just as we need to submit ourselves as unto the lord and to her husband that isn't always easy especially when your husband is doing wrong or he's not hearing god exactly right well abram lied and sarah lied but god had mercy on abram and blessed them through sarai's obedience in chapter 13 verse 3 it says when abram left egypt he was very rich it says in the message bible he was loaded loaded with cattle and silver and gold all because of his wife's obedience to god after this abram and lot separated and remember lot is abram's nephew because there was fighting between abram's shepherds and lot shepherds so he told lot to choose where he wanted to live and lot chose near sodom a place that was very evil that was later destroyed what well, god then told abram to open his eyes and look around everything that he saw god would give to abram's children forever and he would make his descendants and that is plural like the stars and told him to get on his feet and get moving he said get up and go just start taking action well one of the things that stood out to me in the story in genesis as i was reviewing it for this audio is that sarai did not have an easy life she had to lead the comforts of her own home her own family her people i mean can you imagine having to leave your your family the people that you love she had to trust that her husband was hearing right from god she was sub, subjected basically as a concubine a whore to pharaoh being used by him for her looks and have you ever felt that way that someone some man was just using you but that's how she felt very importantly sarai was a military wife now when i first met my husband ray he was just getting out of the military he was in the navy for 14 years he had a specialty as a combat medic right now in civilian life he's a critical care paramedic at an er in the navy he was also a combat specialty medic he also served in the reserves for 2 years after that after he got out of the marines well when he was in the reserves he did have some trainings for weekends and i think even one time for a week where he had to go to the california desert and some other places out of state i knew even then that training could be dangerous but i was never really a military wife for long t- term periods because ray had already gotten officially out of the, the military when i met him 
but my heart has always gone out to military families. All they had to go through, the men and women sacrificing their lives for their country, having to move all over the place, uprooting their families, their kids, going from school to school or friends to friends if they homeschool, just going from place to place and having to be under the thumb and the constant supervision of the government. My friend Kim who's in Florida, she's married to a man, Pat, who is just now retiring from the military, and he was ordered to go overseas to Kuwait for 18 months. They had four children, and it was really hard on Kim and the kids when he was gone. They were able to talk to him on the webcam and email him, but that isn't the same as Daddy being there every day. And although Pat was never sent to Iraq where the most dangerous fighting was at that time, there is always danger being in the military and wearing a U.S. uniform in a foreign country because so many people in other lands hate us. They just hate us because we're Americans. It is not easy being a military family. And I've heard it said that basically Uncle Sam owns you while you're in the military. You have to watch your P's and Q's. You have to do what they say or you face consequences. I don't watch a lot of TV. I never have. But and one reason for that is so much of what's on TV now is it's just a lot of garbage. And the other reason is I'm, I'm just too busy and I've got way too much to do to watch TV. Well, last year, I got hooked on the TV series Lost, and I don't know if you've ever watched it or not, but that was my show. I got hooked on it after my daughter Heather and Kyle, her husband Kyle, told me about it. It was about these people who crash in an airplane on a mysterious island. It had a lot of drama, romance, adventure, and humor in it, so I loved it. I was addicted to it. Well, when the show ended after six seasons, and I watched every every show... I was in mourning for a little while, but I just went on with, you know, my life. And recently, I found a new show. Now, this is the only show I watch. I don't watch any other shows like Biggest Loser or, you know, Dancing with the Stars or all those other shows out there. But this is my new show. I'm just sort of getting watching it. So I'm still testing the water to see if it's okay, if it's got you know I don't want something that has a lot of junk in it like a lot of the shows are today but so far I really like it and I call it my new show it's called army wives and it's about just that wives whose husbands serve in the army light lost it's got drama it's got romance between the married partners and that's one of the refreshing changes is it's romance between married people and humor and I don't know how much of this show is reality. You know, how much of it is like real-life military families. But I do think the aspect of having to move a lot and obey the government's orders is very real. Well, one of the things that Sarah had to endure as a military wife was the knowledge that her husband might not come home from battle. In chapter 14, we read about Abram and his men fighting the four kings who had captured Abram's nephew Lot, and they rescued Lot, and they recovered all the plunder. So that was, that was hard for Sarah. She didn't know if her husband was coming back from wartime. 
but her greatest test as Abram's wife was her childlessness. Now, we don't know if it was Abram. We don't know if it was her. It didn't matter. But the fact was they couldn't have children. In Israel, children are considered a blessing from God, a great blessing from God. And a woman who was barren was considered curse. She must have prayed many prayers to have a baby. And are you there or have you been there? Maybe you're someone all you want is just to have a baby. That's what you've been praying for for years and it hasn't happened yet. Or maybe you've had a miscarriage or several miscarriages and your heart is broken. I've got several friends who have had miscarriages. It's very, very painful. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't been able to have a baby yet or if you've had miscarriages, keep praying and do not stop. God is the one who opens wombs. And remember, Hannah prayed for a baby boy and God gave her the desires of her heart. Well, also as a military wife, if Abram was killed in battle, Sarai, who had no sons, had no one to provide for her in her old age. and So she wasn't in a very good position. But she knew that God had promised Abram children, not just one child, but as many descendants as the sands on the beach and the stars in the sky. And that must have looked impossible to them because they were in their old age. But we can remember... Nothing is impossible with God. In chapter 15, Abram questioned God about the promise, saying, God, what good are your gifts as long as I don't have any children, as long as I'm childless? Well, God, and he said, I guess my house servant's going to have to be my heir. But God said, No, your house servant is not going to be your heir. Your own child is going to be your heir. Well, you probably know what happened next. Sarah comes in and tries to start controlling things. And that's what we do when we get in fear or we get in doubt with God. She she wanted to make sure this was going to happen. So she started doing things her way, which always results in disaster. She told Abram to sleep with her maid, Hagar, and give her a child through her. Well, of course, Abram didn't object to that opportunity you know, like what man would, but that caused a lot of problems. A husband having another woman sure would cause problems. Hagar had a son and they named him Ishmael. And Sarah winded up hating Hagar, her maid. She abused her because Hagar had an attitude. She had contempt for Sarah for being childless and Hagar and her son ran away. Well, here is where we see Sarai's struggle with faith in what God had said. Now she's doubting the promises of God. The enemy was whispering the same lie to Sarai as he did with Eve in the garden. He said, did God really say that? Did God really say you were going to have a baby? Making her doubt God. Sarai's pain was great, just like Hannah's was. All she wanted was a baby, her own little baby. Where was God? And she must have wondered, did did Abram miss God? Did I miss God? Did we hear God right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt like, God, did I really hear you right? Was that your voice, God, or was that my own voice? Or maybe it was the enemy's voice. Maybe you're like Sarai. You are in great pain and you're really hurting. Now, it might not be wanting a baby. It could be that your marriage is in trouble. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you're separated. Maybe you feel like your husband doesn't love you anymore. Maybe there's even another woman or pornography or alcoholism or addiction. 
Maybe it's a parenting issue. Your child is rebelling against you and God. Maybe you're going through financial problems. A lot of people are right now with the economy. Maybe it's health issues that you or a loved one is facing. Maybe it's problems at your job, at your work, in your ministry. Maybe your business is not succeeding like you want. Or maybe it's a friend who betrayed you and just crushed you with her words. Whatever it is, you're hurting and you feel all alone. You feel empty and you feel barren. Maybe you've even been ridiculed like Hagar made fun of and had contempt for Sarai. And you feel angry. You feel hurt and confused. You don't understand and you feel abandoned by God. You feel alone. Dear friend, I want you to know this. You are moving from your pain to your purpose. God is at work in your life. He has not forgotten about you. He has not forgotten his promises to you. God remembers, and he is about to pour out his blessings on you. You are about to birth something great. You are about to laugh again. Maybe you've been crying a long time and hurting so much, but God is about to put a big smile on your face. Now next in the Bible we see that three angels came to Abraham after God cut a covenant with him and changed his name. And you can just imagine what Sarah's thinking this time. Now the man is calling himself a new name and said God told him to circumcise all the males in the house. Now Sarah's name is changed too. Well she's in the tent and Abraham is feeding the angels roasted calf, curds and milk. And this part just kind of interested me because it indicates the angels can eat. Well, one of the angels said he was coming back this time next year and Sarah would have a son. Well, Sarah was inside the tent listening, and I think this part is so funny. Isn't that just like a woman? In the tent, all ears, listening at the doorway. And you know how we drill our husbands when something interesting is going on. But there she is just drinking it all in, and she starts laughing. In, chapter, in Genesis chapter 18, 9 to 15, it says, The men said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, In the tent. One of them said, I'm coming back about this time next year. When I arrive, your wife Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent opening just behind the man. Abraham and Sarah were old, were old by this time, very old. Sarah was far past the age for having babies. Sarah laughed within herself. And she said, an old woman like me get pregnant with this old man of a husband? God said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh saying me, have a baby, an old woman like me? Is anything too hard for God? I'll be back about this time next year and Sarah will have a baby. Sarah lied. She said, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. But he said, yes, you did. You laughed. In Genesis chapter 21, it says that God visited Sarah exactly as he said he would and gave her a son who they named Isaac. Dear friend, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible with God. Abram, Abraham and Sarah had their baby in their old age when Abraham was a hundred years old. Isaac's name means laughter or he laughs. Also in the Blue Letter Bible, the original word for she laugh when it says that Sarah laugh is a word sakak. And in chapter 
and it, that is spelled T-S-A-C-H-A-Q. In chapter 21, verses 5 to 6, it says, Sarah said, God has blessed me with laughter. And the original word for, for that word, God has blessed me with laughter, or God has blessed me to laugh, is a word, sekok, which is spelled T-S-E-C-H-O-Q. It's a different word from that first word. And it means to laugh repeatedly, to laugh with singing and dancing, and to laugh with scorn or to mock. Why does it, Why would he say laugh to mock or laugh to scorn? Because it was God scorning the enemy Satan. Psalm 2, 1-5 in the ESV says, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and their rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. So God laughs at the enemy. Dear friend, if you have been empty and barren, if you have been really hurting in your life, if you've been going through some hard times, if you've been in pain, God wants to take you from that place of your pain to your purpose, your divine purpose in Christ. Sarah was created by God for one primary role, to be Abraham's wife and the mother of Isaac and the nations. Now, Sarah was not a judge like Deborah. She wasn't a queen like Esther. She wasn't a businesswoman like Lydia. But she was a godly wife and mother. That was her primary calling from God. So don't think, I'm just a mom or I'm just a wife. God had a destiny for Sarah, and she fulfilled it. God has a great purpose and a great destiny for your life. He wants to take you from where you are right now and move you to a greater place, just like he did Abram and Sarah. They didn't stay where they were, where Terah was. They didn't settle, but they wanted to go on with God and do everything that he had called them to do. They wanted to go to the promised land and receive all the blessings that he had for them. God wants to enlarge your territory far more than you can even begin to imagine, wider than the sky. God wants to fill your arms and your heart with laughter. He wants to laugh your enemy Satan to scorn. God is positioning you for greatness, as he did Sarah. Sarah thought she was too old to be used by God. You are not too old to be used by God. You are not too young. You are not too uneducated or inexperienced or too tit challenged. You don't have to think, I'm not enough, not pretty enough, smart enough, great enough of a personality, rich enough. You are more than enough in God because He is enough and more than enough. His promises are true and faithful. His promises are yes and amen. God will fulfill the word that he has spoken to your heart. God will fulfill your great purpose and your destiny in Christ. God has got great plans for you. God wants to take that pain that is in your heart. And dear friend, I know what that pain is like. I know what it's like to think, God, is it ever going to happen? God, did you say this? God, is it really going to ever happen? Or am I just going to have no hope? Am I just going to keep going on with the same things going on? God, is anything going to change? I know what it's like to hurt. I know what it's like to have that pain in your heart. But God wants to take the pain that is in your heart, that hurt, 
even those secret hearts that nobody sees. God has seen all those tears you shed and transform it. He's going to transform that pain and that those tears into something beautiful for his glory. God wants to fill your mouth with laughter like he did Sarah. He wants to give you joy. Sarah found joy in God, in his presence, in his word. God wants to give you joy to bless you and so many others. God wants your name in the Hall of Faith too, just like Abraham and Sarah. Those who believe God's word and were exceedingly blessed with his joy and goodness as a result of having faith in God. I hope that this podcasting has encouraged you, and I just want to seal this time with prayer. God, I just thank you for this time together. God, whatever was of, of you, I just pray you would seal it, God, into our hearts and minds. Whatever was not of you, God, just toss it away. God, I thank you that you are the same God to us that you were to Abraham and Sarah. Even to our old age, God, you will be faithful. God, your promises are true. Your promises are faithful. God, you see the pain that we have been through in our life. And God, you want to take that pain that is in our hearts and change it and transform it. God, you want to move us from our pain to our purpose in you. God, you want us to fulfill the great purpose and the great destiny that is on our lives. Now help us, God, to believe your word, to not believe the enemy's lies, but to look up and trust in you. God, I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for stopping by today at Tablet of My Heart Podcast. And while you're online, be sure to visit my website at www.bethjones.net. Be sure to get signed up for my e-zine and my update list there on the right sidebar. Remember, if you want that special 25% discount for my new ebook that's coming out real soon, it's called The Hands of a Woman. Um, I am so excited about this book. It's about everyday women and everyday battles. Be sure to sign up on that update list. I've got some exciting new projects planned for this year. More webinars, more teleseminars, more products. I cannot wait to share them with you. I would love to hear your comments, your feedback on this podcast. Write me. Tell me about, you know, what is your purpose? What are you wanting to do for God? How has God been working in your life? I'd really love to know what you thought and to hear from you. Also, any ideas for articles, blogs, podcasts, my teleseminars and webinars, any products that you would like to see. Email me at elizabethdjones at gmail.com. Well, have a great day and the Lord bless you.